All right, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Great, that was a little weak, okay. <laughs> Are you still waking up? Have you had your coffee? Well, thank you for remembering Daylight Savings. Appreciate that. So you are in church, or maybe you really didn't remember and you meant to be in first, but you're in second. That's okay. Don't tell. No one will ever know. Or maybe you didn't remember at all, but your phone remembered for you. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, we are so glad all of you are here today. It's just great being in church together. My favorite place to be on a Sunday morning is in God's house with our church family. And I'm just so, so glad you are here. And I am loving this series that we are in this month where we are looking at great hymns of the church. And maybe you are here and you are one who loves all the old hymns. And you know all of them and you love them and you're thinking this is so fantastic. That is awesome. But maybe you're here and you're thinking, I don't really know a lot of the old hymns. I mean, I might know a few, but I don't know very many. That's okay, because throughout this month, you're going to learn a few. And maybe you're here and you're thinking, hymns? That's uh, not really my kind of music, not really what I would listen to. I don't know about this. Hey, it is okay, because it's not about the style of music. It's about the message. And you know, we've probably all, at one time or another throughout our lives, had a song that really impacted us and was significant in our life. And generally, it's not because of the style of music as much as it is about the message. It's the message that impacts us. And so when we think about the hymns, I mean, there's so many hymns that have such amazing messages that we never want to forget about. And so this month, we are going to be looking at a few of those hymns and their messages, the scriptures and the stories behind them and how they can still impact our lives today, okay? So last week, we uh, looked at Amazing Grace, and today we're going to look at another hymn entitled, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And I just believe God's going to speak to each of us through this hymn. But before we dive into that, can we just take a moment and just pray and ask God to speak to us each today? Father, we just come before you right now. God, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for your word and your spirit. And Father, I just pray right now that you would speak to each and every person in this place, every person watching online, every person listening to a future podcast. Father, speak to us by your spirit and through your word. Give us open hearts to hear and receive what you're saying in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Uh, well, I personally did not grow up singing a lot of hymns. When I came into relationship with God and came into the church world, they were starting to move away from hymns at that time and singing a lot more choruses. And so the version that I knew of what a friend we have in Jesus was a very short, upbeat version. And so as we started talking about this series and focusing on some of these great old hymns, I started reading the words 
to this hymn that I never knew before. And as I was reading them, I was just overwhelmed with how incredibly significant the lyrics of this hymn are for all of our lives today. And then I started doing a little more research about this hymn to hear a little bit of the history. And I discovered that this hymn was originally written in the mid-1800s. And it was written by a man named Joseph Scriven. And he was from Ireland, but he had moved to Canada and where he was living when he wrote this as a poem. And he didn't write it as a hymn. He wrote it as a poem to send to his mother, who was still in Ireland, and she's mourning the death of her husband, his father. So he wrote this poem to encourage her heart. He never intended that anyone else would ever see it. But she was so moved by the words of this poem that she shared it with people, many people, and they shared it with people. And somewhere along the line, it was put to music and became this hymn. And for quite a while, no one knew who the author was until years later when someone was looking through this book of poems that Joseph Scriven had written. They were sitting with him, and they read this. They read these words, and he asked him, he said, did you pen the words to this hymn? And this was his answer. He said, the Lord and I did it between us. And I love that answer, and I think it's so fitting because this is definitely a divinely inspired him. And I really feel like the first three lines of this hymn summarize the entire hymn. The rest of it all kind of fits in with these first three lines. And so I want to share those three lines with you if you're not familiar with the hymn. And I told First Service, I wish that I could just belt it out for you, but I will not make any of us endure that tragedy. So I will just share the words with you. <laughs> it says, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. What I want us to do this morning is to take these three lines and to separate them and look at each of them individually to see their scriptural and personal significance, their power for our lives today and our everyday living, okay? So let's just start with that first line, the title line, if you will. It says, what a friend we have in Jesus. Did you know that Jesus calls you friend? He calls you friend. Look with me at John chapter 15 and verse 15. Jesus says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. Jesus himself calls us his friends. How amazing! And in the context of this chapter, he's talking about a friendship where we abide in him and he abides in us. And that word abide, it's literally talking about continually being present with. 
for us, continually being aware of Jesus' presence in our lives, continually talking with him, listening to him. You know, think about how you build a relationship, a friendship with another person. Isn't it by spending time with them? By talking with them? By listening to them? Jesus wants us to do that with him. He wants us to allow him to be our very closest friend who we share every thought, every feeling, every detail of our lives with. But not only that, he wants to share with us everything he's received from the Father. He wants to share it all with us. How amazing is that? You see, he's not just wanting a casual relationship. He's wanting a deep, personal relationship with each and every one of us, a personal friendship. Maybe you're sitting there today and you're thinking, ah, yeah, okay, but I kind of like having more of a casual acquaintance type relationship because I don't know what he might ask of me, where he might ask me to go, what he might ask me to let go of. Can I just encourage you today that there is no need to have any fear or trepidation of coming into a close friendship with Jesus. He created you. He created you for his purposes. He knows how to lead you into all of them. So why wouldn't we want to be in a relationship with the one that can lead us into the most fulfilling life imaginable? There's no reason to fear coming into relationship and friendship with him. He wants to have that close, personal friendship with you for your benefit. Or maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, I don't really know if I'm worthy to be God's friend. Can I just tell you, God called Abraham his friend, didn't he? And Abraham was an imperfect man, flawed, lied about, his, lied about Sarah being his wife. David in the Bible had a very special friendship with God, yet he was an adulterer and a murderer. We need to realize God is not looking for our perfection. He knows you're not perfect. I hate to burst your bubble. I know you want him to think you're perfect, but he already knows that none of us are perfect. And he loved each of us so much in our imperfect and sinful state that he gave his only son for each and every one of us. Look with me at Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, not once we got it all figured out and put together, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus gave his life for us when we were at our worst to invite us into a life of continual friendship with him. Pretty amazing. You know, we've all heard stories of people who have given their life, sacrificed their life to save and rescue someone else, maybe in battle or in a very tragic situation. Most of us have never experienced that personally. 
But recently I was reading the story of a man, one of many people who helped rescue others on 9-11. And he was at work that morning in the World Trade Center on the 96th floor of the South Tower. And when the plane hit that tower, he was preparing meals. He was a chef. And in that moment, he didn't run to try to spare his own life. Instead, what he did was look for every way possible to help everyone around him get to a place of safety. And it was reported that he helped hundreds of people find safety, and he saved their lives. Unfortunately, he lost his own. And as I read that, I just stopped to imagine what it would have been like to have been one of the lives that he saved. Imagine with me. Let's put ourselves in those shoes. Imagine the gratitude that we would feel. I mean, I think about it and I think it wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be able to put it into words. The immense, overwhelming gratitude that I would feel for this person. Imagine the constant connection. I thought I would feel this constant connection because every day I would wake up knowing that I have life because this person gave their life. I would want to know this person. I would want to know all about this person and what caused this person to be such a selfless person to do such a thing. I would have this incredible love for this person, that pure brotherly love, and, and want to be able to express it, but yet never be able to express it to this person who's gone. How amazing would that be? What an overflow of emotion. But you know what? We all need to recognize that we have that kind of friend. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. That's what Jesus did for each and every one of us. But in contrast to this man who was one of many amazing human heroes, Jesus, his story never ends. He died for us, but he rose from the dead, and he is alive, and now we have new life every day because of him. And we get to live in continual friendship with him, expressing our love and our gratitude daily to him, getting to know him more and more and growing in friendship with him every day. But is that really the way that we approach him every day? So often, I think that we can get into a routine. We can take him for granted. We can become so casual in our relationship with him and, and know that he's there, but not really stop and, and develop that friendship because we get so busy with everything else. Sometimes we even become a bit indifferent 
in our relationship with him. But can you imagine how different our relationship would be if every day we approached him as that one that gave his life for us so that we can live? It could change everything. That's how we should be approaching him because he is that kind of friend. What a gift he is. He is the friend who is completely faithful. He is the friend who will never leave you and never forsake you. He is the friend who will stick closer than a brother. And maybe you've seen Jesus as, oh, he's a friend for other people, but not for me. Maybe you've seen him as too far away. Maybe you've even seen him thinking that he's harsh and angry. Maybe You've preferred to see him as that casual acquaintance. Or maybe you've even seen him as one that, yeah, I'll probably someday surrender my life to him, but I'm not ready quite yet. I want to encourage you today, wherever you are at, allow him to be your friend. Allow him to become the closest friend in your life today and every day moving forward. He laid his life down for you, and he calls you friend. All right, let's look at the second line in this hymn. It says, all our sins and griefs to bear. You know, when Jesus gave his life for you, his friend, his death accomplished so much for your benefit. Look with me at Isaiah 53, starting in verse 4. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. In this passage, when it talks about transgressions and iniquities, it's literally talking about our sins and the punishment for them, the consequences. Jesus was brutally beaten on that cross of Calvary beyond recognition because he was taking the punishment for our sins upon himself so that we could be washed clean and come into a friendship with him. And in this passage here in Isaiah 53, where it talks about griefs and sorrows, it's literally referring to anguish and affliction, anxiety, sickness, and every type of disease, mental, emotional, and physical pain. Did you know that at Calvary, Jesus endured everything any of us would ever encounter? We need to realize that because he is the friend who paid the price for us to move forward from wherever we're at today. Let me ask you this. When you're facing a challenge, who is it you want to talk to about that? You want to talk to someone who understands, somebody who's been there, right? Sometimes it can be frustrating trying to talk to someone and they don't understand at all. Maybe you've been there. But 
It is so amazing to me how often people think that Jesus doesn't understand, that he can't relate, that, oh, he's the perfect son of God. He couldn't help me. He doesn't know what this is like. He doesn't know what I'm going through. We need to recognize that in his death, he endured and identified with every pain we will ever encounter. He is the friend who can relate. He's not the friend that's just going to come and give us a sympathetic little pat on the back. No, he is the friend who fully understands and can completely relate. But he is also the friend who paid the price to meet us there and move us forward with him. And through friendship with him, we will experience his healing spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. In my life, I can't even count the times when I've been hurting or confused or worried or afraid of something and ran to him, ran to talk to him. And do you know what I encounter every single time? First of all, there's no condemnation. Secondly, I experience his peace and his comfort to meet me right where I'm at to know that he's with me. And then he gives guidance to help me move forward from that place. That's what he wants to do for all of us. You know, this hymn continues with, with lyrics that really emphasize this message. Listen to more of the words of this hymn. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. He shares your sorrows. But he loves you so much that he doesn't want to leave you there in that place. He promised to heal the brokenhearted. He sees your weaknesses, but he says his strength is perfected in our weaknesses. The hymn continues. It says, have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? Anyone ever have trials, temptations, troubles? It says, we should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Jesus endured the greatest trial imaginable. He was tempted in every way. John 16, he said, in this world we will have trouble. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You see, we do not need to live discouraged lives. Whatever you are facing today, Jesus is the friend who understands, and he's the friend who paid the price to meet you there and to move you forward in the life he has for you. I'm so thankful for that. Let's look at that third line of this hymn. It says, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. You know, praying is not something that we just do on our checklist of Christianity. Okay, I pray today. No, and it's not even a demand of God. Did you know that? But it is a desire of his because it builds our friendship. And it benefits us. It's a privilege to communicate with God. We get to talk to the God of this universe. 
And he wants to talk to us. That's what prayer is. Communicating, talking, listening, sharing back and forth. I think one of the most significant lines of this entire hymn is this. Listen to what this says. What a peace we often forfeit. What a needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. How often do we try to handle things on our own? I bet if I asked, there'd be a lot of raised hands for people saying, yep, I'm a fixer. I want to fix it. I want to take care of it. We all have that tendency. We all want to do what we can to take care of it. And then, as a last resort, if we can't take care of it, then we'll take it to God. No, he wants us to take it to him first. But instead, we try this and we try that and we try to figure everything out. All the while, we're carrying the anxiety, the fear, the weight, and the burden of it. But listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 4. I love this. Verse, starting in verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing but in what? Everything. By what? Prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the what? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, we all want the second part of that passage. We all want the peace. But we need to understand it comes when we bring everything to God in prayer. I was talking with a friend recently who was just in a lot of turmoil over some family situations, and she wanted to jump in and try to fix it and tell every party involved what they needed to do. But instead, wise woman, instead she took it to God in prayer. And do you know what happened? She encountered his peace, but she also encountered his divine intervention. And she saw him show up and miraculously turn the whole situation around. And he wants to do that for every single one of us. He's just looking for us to bring it to him and stop carrying it ourselves. Did you know there is nothing off limit to what we can bring to God? He wants it all. Listen to some more of the lyrics of this hymn. It says, Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We all get weighed down by the cares of life at times. But 1 Peter 5, 7, it says that we can cast all our cares on Jesus why? Because he's the friend who cares. He cares for us. And there is no care that is too big or too small to bring to him. I think very often people think, oh, I don't want to bother God with this one. This is just kind of small. Maybe I don't need to bother him. You're not bothering him. He wants you to bring everything to him. Listen to the closing verse 
of this hymn. It says, Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? I think that's so significant. Aren't so many of our challenges in life relational challenges? Relationships? He wants us to bring them to Him. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In His arms He'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. Everything we face, every care, every burden, every relationship challenge, whatever it is, he wants us to bring it to him. Do you know that this hymn, when it was originally written as that poem, it was titled, Pray Without Ceasing. That's what God asks us to do. When we pray about everything, it deepens our friendship with him. It opens the door for him to come and intervene in our lives, and it brings his peace into our life. You know, I was thinking about this man writing this poem to encourage his mother when she lost her husband, but that was also his father. How could he write such encouraging, powerful words when he's also mourning the loss of his father? Well, I want to tell you, these are not just poetic, nice-sounding words that he wrote. These words were the reality of his life. He knew Jesus as a faithful friend. He knew Jesus as the friend who made a way for him to move forward from his place of personal pain. Because, you see, when he was a young man, he fell in love with a young woman and they were engaged to be married. And they had so many dreams and hopes and plans for their future. But the night before their wedding, she accidentally drowned. And he lost the love of his life. But he discovered a friend in Jesus who he could run to with every pain. And a friend who had the answer to help him move forward from that place. Years later, he fell in love once again. He met another woman, and they were engaged to be married. And during the course of their engagement, she became very ill, and sickness took her life before the wedding. Wow. This man endured great pain. And he probably had a lot of questions, too. There's a line in the hymn that says, are you weak and heavy laden? But in the original poem, that line is different. It was changed for the hymn. When he wrote the line, it said, are you cold and unbelieving? He experienced every emotion imaginable, but he found the friend that he could bring every pain, every question, every doubt, everything to. And Jesus is that kind of friend for every single one of us as well. He wants us to bring everything to him. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've experienced some really difficult things in life. Maybe You've gone through some things that have kept you at arm's distance from God and made you hesitant to come into a relationship today. 
He wants you to know today that he sees you and he calls you friend. And his arms are open wide to you and he's saying, come, let's walk out a new friendship together. The way we start a friendship with God is simply by believing in our hearts that Jesus is the Son of God and surrendering our lives to him, asking him to be the Lord of our lives. And if you have never done that, and you want to start a relationship, a friendship with God today, we are going to pray in just a moment. And I want to encourage you as we pray to wrap your heart around this prayer as we all pray together. And maybe you're here and you say, well, I've had a relationship with God but I've really gotten cold in my heart and I don't know if I'd even call it a friendship. Maybe you want to rededicate your life today and restore that friendship. As we pray, I want to encourage you as well to wrap your heart around this prayer. Can we all pray this out loud together? Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads right where we're at. Repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're my Father, that you love me, that you sent Jesus to die for me. And right now I surrender my life to you. I ask you to be Lord of my life. Help me to grow in friendship with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And you know, as we've seen today through this hymn and through scripture, God wants us to bring absolutely everything to him in prayer. And maybe you've got things in your life that you've been carrying that you don't really need to carry, things that you've been trying to figure out and navigate on your own. Today, we're going to bring it all to him. We're going to pray together. Whatever need, circumstance, fear, care that you are facing, all of it, big and small, we're going to bring those things to him because he cares for you. And I want us right now in this moment, if we can just maintain this atmosphere of prayer, please, no one leaving. Can we just stand together so we can pray together? I want to ask you to do something just as a sign of faith and a just an expression of your faith to God. Would you just lift your hands to, get to heaven just as a symbol of lifting that to God, releasing it to him as we pray together in this place. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for every person in this place, every person watching online. God, I thank you that you know every single one by name, you call each one friend. And God, you know every detail of their lives. You know every situation and circumstance that they're facing. You know all the things they've been trying to figure out on their own. But God, right now, we just give it all to you. We release it into your hands. And we thank you that you are the friend that cares for us. We can cast all of our cares upon you. And Father, I pray right now that you would meet each one right where they're at, that you'd give them wisdom and direction to move forward from that place. 
And Father, I pray that your supernatural peace will just wash over every mind and heart. Father, help us to receive your peace. Help us to walk in your peace as we walk in friendship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. He sees you right where you're at. You know what? Just keep your eyes closed for a minute. Just receive his peace. His presence is here. Just let his peace wash over you. Together, let's just sing this hymn together as Holly comes.
just lift that to God. Give praise to Him in this moment. Father, we're so thankful. Thank you for friendship with Jesus. Oh, I'm so thankful, aren't you? Oh, he's so wonderful. If you prayed that prayer with us today for the very first time, wanting to enter into friendship, relationship with God, that is so awesome. That is the greatest decision you can make, but that is just the starting point. And we would love to be able to just put this little tool in your hand to help you move forward in your walk with Him, your friendship with Him. And it's just this little book called The Next Seven Days. And when we dismiss here in a moment, we'll have some prayer teams standing down at the front here, and you can come and ask them for it. They'd be so happy to give it to you. Or if you're in a rush, you can pick one up from the next seven days counter out in the lobby. And also, we just want to tell you that this prayer team here, they're here to pray for anyone, any need you're facing. If you want additional prayer, that's what they're here for, and they'd love to pray with you. All right? It's been so awesome being in church with you today. And before we conclude, we just want to ask if there's any strong men that want to lend their muscle over in the youth auditorium. They're doing some setup for Bridge Women on Tuesday. We'd love to have your help with that. Thank you so much. Have an amazing week. Walk in friendship with God. Whole. And you shoulder our weakness And your strength becomes our own